Hello, welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill, this is episode 23. Thanks for listening. Another week has gone by. How's everybody doing? We're well into summer now, and it's been ungodly humid where I live this week. Seriously, someone should write a letter, because this is getting ridiculous. I don't know if I can handle another three months of summer. Because around here, it doesn't really start to cool off until sometime in September. But that's alright. It's just a good excuse to stay inside and play more Atari. That jingling you're hearing is my cat, Zoro, coming to check out the recording session tonight. Hello, Zoro. He's too busy. Anyway, so what's new? Looking at my notes here... Oh, hey, we have a new... Doctor Who Time Corner report. Doctor Who, my favorite television show, is back in production finally. Woohoo! And in other weird news, well, the first part's not weird, but the weird part is Matt Lucas, who played Nordal, Nardal, in the Christmas special, The Husbands of River Song, is apparently going to be like a regular, or at least a semi-regular character on the series this year, in addition to uh, Bill Mackey, or excuse me, Pearl Mackey, playing the character Bill, uh, who's going to be a regular companion. So I'm very confused about this. I'm not really sure what to think of it. I'm not really even clear if Matt Lucas is going to be playing the character he played in The Husbands of River Song, which would be weird because I think when the episode ended, he was a disembodied head stuck on a robot's body. So I'm very curious to see what's going to happen here. Um, But we've got another... Many, 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 many months to wait to find out. But it's getting closer all the time. In other news, Atari has not yet commissioned me to write the Centipede and Missile Command movies. You guys need to step up your game, flood the Twitters, clog the phone lines, inundate Atari's email boxes, send strategically placed fruit baskets with extra kiwi or strawberries or whatever. Whatever it takes, people. Tweet at Atari. And maybe also tweet Tim Sullivan at Team Bro Slice. Sorry, Team Bo Slice. Capital T-E-E-M-B-O, capital S-L-I-C-E. He is the president of production for EFO Films, which is the company that's going to be producing the film. They need to hire me. I'm a writer. I wrote the novel In the Saint Nick of Time. I've written several plays. And I produce a weekly podcast where I make up stories about Atari games. They need me to write this movie. Either one of them. I don't care. I'll write either one. Get on it, people. Alright, so let's talk about this week's game. This week's game is... Surround. It'd be cool if I had some sort of reverberating echo effect to go there. So, let me try that again. Surround. There, I didn't even have to pay for that effect. That was free to you, too, the listener. Uh, yeah, so anyway, Surround, 1978 game from Atari. This is going way back. I don't recall offhand when Atari became a company and when Atari games became a thing. I know Pong came along in the mid-70s, and then there were Space Invaders. Surround, I'm guessing, not much longer after that. And it really shows, because this is a really basic game. Basically, you got a screen... And 
each player has a cursor that moves around the screen drawing lines and you're trying to cut the other person off. That's the game. Let's read from our official paper manual that came with our copy of the game that we got as a kid. I liked playing it as a kid. I have a vague memory of the time before I got the game. You know, looking at the picture on the cover, I don't know how much I'd actually heard about the game before I maybe saw it in the store, but I saw the picture on the cover and I had this impression that the game would be a lot cooler than it actually is. Um, but it is weirdly addictive. So let's see what we have here. Welcome to the exciting and competitive world of Surround. Your basic objective is to surround your opponent, causing him to run out of space in which to move, and at the same time not running into anything yourself. You can set up a blockade, force him into a corner, or wander off by yourself and hope that he runs into something on his own. Along with the basic surround game, we've added four game features to make things more interesting. You should read section 4 to learn more about these features. Then there's Video Graffiti, trademark. It's just for fun, without the competitive edge thrown in. Video Graffiti actually allows you to draw on the screen. Again, read section 4 to find out more. We'd like to invite you to read the remainder of these instructions so that you don't miss any important details. After that, you'll be ready to have at it! Exclamation point. There are one and two player games so that you may be so that you may compete against the computer or another player. So good luck. We're sure you're going to enjoy the surround game program cartridge. Trademark. Uh, and then there's the stuff about the console controls, game select. There are 14 games in all. When you're ready to start, push reset. Beginning player should start with the difficulty switch in the B position. That position prevents the player from backing onto their previous track block, which is a common problem. In two-player games, the right player uses the right difficulty switch. The left player uses the left difficulty switch. Right and left player mean left player using the right and left controller, respectively. During one-player games against the computer, slide the left difficulty switch to B if you want the computer to play like an amateur. Switch it to A if you want the computer to play like a pro. There is no difficulty factor in video graffiti games 13 and 14. Set the color, set the switch to color if you want if you have a color television set. Set it to black and white to play the game in black and white. I always like looking at that part of the instruction manual because it reminds me just how old these games are. When I was a kid, we had color television. I'm not that old. But we still also had one or two old black and white sets sitting around. And occasionally we'd get them out if we had some need to plug in a TV in a room that didn't already have a TV. We'd drag out one of the old black and white ones and plug it in. This was also you know, in the 70s, mid-70s anyway, before cable. Uh, so you just plug in the TV and go. You get whatever the antenna would pick up. Uh, so anyway, this, that's it for Old Man Corner. There's a section about how to move the joystick. Game variations and features. Games 1 through 12 in this game program cartridge are all surround games. Check the game select matrix, section 6, to see which games are one player and which are for two player. The surround game games offer four different features. The game select matrix will show you which features are offered in each game. Uh, those features are speed up, as the leader block moves on the screen, it will speed up automatically at different intervals. These are There are five speeds in all, and you have no control over them. They will happen automatically during each turn, so be prepared. Diagonal movement. In games with diagonal movement, you can move the leader block diagonally on the playfield. In all other games, you can only move the blocks vertically or horizontally. I like the, playing the diagonal movement ones. It's kind of fun. Move your joystick in a diagonal direction and move your leader block in the same diagonal direction on the screen. Erase. When you don't want to leave a track, press the red controller button and no blocks will appear in the stream. 
Release the button and a tractor blocks will appear as you continue to steer with your joystick controller. Use a race for super strategy moves. I just forget that feature. Um, that you can do that with the red button. But that's kind of cool. Wrap around. In games featuring wrap around, when you move your leader block off the playfield, it will reappear at the opposite side. For example, move it off the top of the screen and it will reappear at the bottom of the screen. Games 13 and 14 are appropriately called video graffiti. You can write a word, draw a picture, or get, an ab get as abstract as you like. One or two players can use the joysticks to control the movement and the direction of the track or tracks. Move your joystick in any direction to move the track block in the same direction on the screen. Video graffiti uses diagonal movement, erase, and wrap around. Scoring. You score one point when your opponent steers his leader block into another part of his track or your track. In games which do not feature wraparound, you also score a point when your opponent steers into one of the playfield boundaries. Note, the most effective strategy is to surround your opponent's tracks with your own tracks. The first player to score 10 points wins the game. The leader block of your track is color-coordinated with the score at the top of the playfield. In one-player games, your score is displayed at the upper right corner of the screen. In two-player games, the right player's score is on right, left player's score is on the left. For those of you keeping track at home, in the field report, I played game two, which is a one-player game with no particular extra features. There's no speed-up, no diagonal movement, no erase, no wraparound. It's just old-school surround. How we played it back in the uh, Dark Ages. So that's Surround. That's our game this week on our Storytelling Podcast. Um, but first, we have a special guest. This is a little unusual for Atari Bytes, but I thought this week it would be appropriate to have a guest. So, in the studio with us today is noted psychiatrist, psychologist, and salsa dancer, Dr. A. Tari. Welcome, Doctor. Thanks for having me. Doctor, we've asked you here today to verify a few things for the listeners before we proceed with this episode. So let's jump in. Doctor, can you, in your professional opinion, state categorically that I do have a head? Yes, I believe so. And is my head screwed on straight? Well, it's a bit melon-shaped, but yes, it is on straight. But is it also true that I must be bat-trap crazy to do a story-based Atari podcast featuring a game with no stakes, no plot, and not even any characters. Indeed, you are cuckoo, as evidenced by the way I am fleeing the studio by backing out slowly, never taking my eyes off of you, until I am ready to exit. Which is right... now! Bye, Doctor! Okay, then. Uh, that was Dr. A. Tari confirming that... I'm insane for doing this game this week, but how bad should it be? I'm a podcasting pro. I can do this. Just to be safe, though, I've filed off the sharp edges on the Atari console. After the break, we give ourselves over to the insanity. empty room, no noise, no people, perfect vacation spot actually. But hey, who's that guy over there? Why is he watching me? Now he's following me, drawing these weird lines. Hey, so am I. Wait, 
He's moving faster. He's surrounding me. Ah, run away. That's the noise of us moving along, making painting our little lines on the floor of this cell, cave, dungeon, whatever. The color scheme is really weird. My guy's yellow, the other guy's pink, the floor is baby blue. I got him now. You're about to hear the sound of me scoring. Yeah, it's got this weird color scheme. That was him getting a point. What the heck? If we were drawing a blueprint for a building, man, I just turned back on myself. Never turn back on yourself. But yeah, if this was a blueprint for a building, it'd be a really weird layout. Kind of like the high school in Hammond, Indiana. At least 25 years ago when I visited it. It's a weird place. Kind of cool. get their first guy. Yes. Kind of, the lines were making a kind of Pepto-Bismol pink. Ooh. Ah, man, I had him trapped. Score is 3-0. Computer's too good at this game. It's trouble with computers, they're too good at games. On the board. Nine more points to go. Let's see if I could draw. Um, well, basically squares. There are some game variations where you can move your guy diagonally. That's kind of cool. This isn't one of them. Though. We can move up or down, or you know, vertically or horizontally, basically. Atari was just excited to be able to do games in color. Besides, have you looked at how people dressed in 1978? I frequently ran around in plaid, blue and red plaid shorts, and a yellow and red Shazam t-shirt. So I'm hardly one to talk about 1970s color schemes. This guy gets three more points off of me. I'll have to bow down to my computer overlords. Man, I did it to myself. I knew the wall was coming.
Maybe. Wait, don't you go down there. Yes! <laughs> now I just gotta wait him out. He, there's nowhere he can go. He's trapped now. Boom! Eight to two! Incredibly simple. It's kind of addictive. My six-year-old really likes this game because it's an easy one to just pick up and play. He's also better at me at it, so we don't play it very often because you know I'm not stupid. What you gonna do now, big man? About to get point number three. Boom! That's kind of cool. And yeah, I got distracted. Thinking about this cool design we were making. He gets one more point. It's game over. Sometimes I think that this noise you're hearing is kind of annoying. Yeah, it is. So I think, well, maybe they should put some music in there. But I don't know that music would really do anything. I think the noise kind of fits sort of the relentless marching that you're doing. Man, I lost 10 to 4 at Surround. Don't tell my six-year-old. I never hear the end of it. Back to you in the studio. All right, so that's Surround. It's fun, actually. It's kind of addictive. Like, solitaire. Or, cheating on your taxes. Surround is a good game to play with your kid, because there's a very short learning curve. You just pick up the game and go. And the colors are pretty, and, yep, good game. Well, that's our show. Oh. Oh. The story? Yeah, kind of forgot about that. Okay, here's what I'm thinking. I've never seen the 1960s adventure TV series The Prisoner, starring Patrick McGowan, though the premise of the show fascinates me. A retired secret agent wakes up one day imprisoned in an unknown small town with no idea who his captors are, or how he got there. For reasons known only to my subconscious, kind of like my fondness for soft cheeses formed into the shapes of dead presidents, in my head, I equate the game surround to that kind of prisoner premise. I don't know why, but I do. Hmm. And I think we can work with that for our story this week. So, to the five elements. The five elements of a plot surround, see what I did there, every story. They are the introduction or exposition, which is where you get the foundation for your story, sort of the setup, who the characters are, what the plot is going to be. The rising action, where events start to heat up. The climax, which is sort of the peak of your story. The falling action, sort of the characters dealing with the, with the ramifications of the climax. 
and the resolution or denouement. Uh, basically, the end of the story. How things are all tied up, hopefully, and the plot is over. The story is over. So let's surround ourselves with positive story vibes and jump right in. Alright, exposition. The setup. Where am I? How did I get here? Who am I? I think I was at a We Love Amadar rally arguing with some dude about how dumb he was when I got whacked with a paint roller and blacked out. I woke up, I don't know how much later, on this strangely, in this strangely colored empty room with no door. Hey, who's that guy over there? Why is he following me? So that's our setup, right? We're just going on about our lives. Suddenly we black out. We end up in a strange place. We don't know how we got there. We don't know where we are. We don't know what we're supposed to do. And we've met our antagonist. Our opponent. The other cursor on the screen. Rising action. Things are starting to happen now. Wait. That dude's not following me. He's building a wall. He's boxing me in. Hey, stop it. Why are you doing this? He won't answer me. He just keeps moving. Wish I could box him in too. Oh, wait, I can. I start building my own walls. I don't know who you are, bub, but game on. Right? Things are heating up now. I don't know who I'm fighting with, but I gotta survive. So I'm gonna do whatever I can do to stop him so I can figure out what's going on here. Climax. This is where crap gets real. Let's say my opponent speaks. You'll know who I am, don't you? No. Oh, he sounds a little hurt. Scores another point off of me. You people did not appreciate my art. Did not like my imaginary boxes. You lousy wiper of other people's bottoms. Art? Imaginary boxes? Wait. Are you Marcel Marceau, the famous French mime, born 1923, died in 2007? Thanks, Wikipedia. The art of silence was lost on you stupid Americans. I fart in your general direction. You want real boxes? Here's a real box for you to live in. Forever! Then Marcel scores two more points on me. Oh yeah? You're so good at walking against the wind, Mr. Mime? Walk against this. I blow in Marcel's direction hard as I can. My lung capacity is impressive. Marcel doesn't stand a chance against real wind. He becomes a pretend flower and wilts away. We have defeated our enemy. Climax achieved. Falling action. The ramifications of the climax. But I'm still barricaded inside this box that Marcel constructed. How am I going to get out? And then it comes to me. If a mime can traps, trap me with real boxes using real things, maybe I can escape using pretend things. So I start pretending that I'm walking up the stairs. I mime my way up to the top of the box. I mime opening a trap door in the top of the box, and I climb out. Resolution or denouement. Next thing I know, I wake up back at the Amidar rally. You know, maybe that French guy did know his stuff. Mimes aren't so bad. We could have used some of that energy for all those decades when mimes were a thing that people actually paid attention to. We could have spent that time hating something more worthwhile, like class warfare or avocados. Or maybe just spent more time hating Amidar even more. As if.
And that's our show. But before we go, Bill Kendrick from the XCGS podcast is surrounded and boxed me in and won't let me go until he gets to tell you about the Atari party happening this summer in California. Save me! Hey, Bill. It's Bill Kendrick from the XCGS Cart by Cart podcast. I want to let you and your listeners know that I'm hosting my 8th annual Atari party this summer out here in Davis, California. That's near Sacramento and not far from the San Francisco Bay Area and Silicon Valley. It's free and will undoubtedly have at least one Atari 2600 set up. It's a one-day event on Saturday, July 30th. Visit newbreedsoftware.com slash Atari Party for more info. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. Thanks also to Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs Take a Chance, Reformat, and Pinball Spring. You can find Atari Bytes on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and many other podcatchers. Please do surround the show with reviews to help us rise above the crowd so we're no longer surrounded. I'll stop soon, I swear. Email me at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like our Atari Bytes Facebook page. Follow us on Twitter at Atari Bytes. Or follow me at Carnival of Glee. You can also help support the show financially on the Atari Bytes Patreon page and by shopping for Atari Bytes merchandise on Zazzle.com. And while you're waiting for the next episode to come along, you can also surround yourself with my voice on my other podcast. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown, where we delve into all things animated Charlie Brown and Snoopy. Next week on Atari Bytes, we'll look at Cosmic Arc. So until next time, go play some old games. They've missed you.